0: All right, what's up, everyone? Thank you for stepping into the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined today by Coach Natty T and the return of Coach K. Man, it's been a couple of weeks. Coach K, how you feeling, bro?
1: Feeling good, man.
0: <laughs>
1: feeling good, man. Ain't Did you
0: do the LeBron chalk talk? Like- uh, possibly. <laughs> I'm just,
1: that's that's what the LeBron chalk talk would look like in Chicago. In Chicago. Um, in
2: Chicago, yeah.
0: We're good to have you back, brother. Yeah, all right, that seemed you.
2: like a shot to me. Yeah. I don't know. That seemed like a little Vadik right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I yeah. right there.
1: That yeah, might be low key. Yeah.
0: We expect nothing else yeah. from Coach K, but taking shots. Yeah. that's what you do best. You know, we all have a uh,
1: pretty much, pretty much.
0: Right. Well, we got some soccer talk to lead off the show. We're definitely going to get into the NBA Finals and talk about the first two games. A lot to talk about there. Uh, we're going to cover a little Shakari Richardson, fallout, and then what is all this drama going on with ESPN that we're seeing in the news lately? We're going to kind of give our thoughts and weigh in on that. Uh, but Coach T, go ahead and start us off with Euro 2020 and Copa America.
2: Yeah, so uh, it's a little bittersweet for me. I, I really enjoyed this month there's <laughs> uh, been really a lot of good games on, in both tournaments so um but it's coming to an end so tomorrow yeah, saturday fs1 um the copa america final and then on sunday i think they're going to show it on abc but a- a- abc or espn same difference um euro 2020 final so <clears throat> Got my predictions right from last week because I picked Italy and England to be in the finals, and it was England, or Italy and England. Um, both really came down to the wire, uh, but they both pulled through. So this one I'm, it's very...
1: Whew.
2: I've been thinking about this all week because when the tournament first started, I picked France and England. England made it. Of course, France wanted to be a bunch of idiots. <laughs> um, and then the whole kind of, not controversy, but there's just some chatter because normally in the Euro tournament, normally one country hosted or two countries hosted. Mm-hmm. But because this year, because of COVID, nine different countries hosted it. And England basically was able to play at Wembley Stadium. So Wembley Stadium is their known as their home stadium. Mm-hmm. They basically played all of their games except one in Wembley Stadium the entire tournament. Um so you know a lot of people have said well that's an unfair advantage blah 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 blah. <laughs> well I mean you know it's a possibility that it could happen. So right. um
0: they didn't complain beforehand did they?
2: No. Um, And then the ironic thing is, so the the four teams that made it to the semifinal, so it was England, um, Denmark, Spain, and Italy, all four of those teams hosted games at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So all four of them played the most home games, if you will, throughout the whole tournament. So that is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Because I picked England to make the finals and France didn't make the finals, technically I should pick England. Right. And they're playing at home, essentially. But, man, Italy has looked great from the start of the tournament. They look the most consistent from the start of the tournament. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Italy. Um, I'm going to pick them 2-1. I think it will be a, a fantastic game. I think they'll, they'll wrap up the, the tournament in a pretty – all inspiring game. Um, because of course, England is the England fans are pretty rowdy, if you will. I don't know if, if people have been paying attention, pretty crazy. So, big list, yeah. So, um, because man, because it, 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 England being at home is a big deal, it really is, and especially the fact that they made it to the finals because normally that's been somewhat of a detriment to them because of the pressure. It usually builds up to the point where they can't handle it. But the fact that they've made it to the finals, they actually have pretty much the whole country behind them now. Wow. So as much as it's pressure, I mean, I think that helps. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with Italy. I just think they've they've looked the best throughout the whole tournament and they've found a way to, you know, get here. And for them to not have even qualified for the World Cup two years ago to be at this point now.
1: That's amazing.
2: amazing. Yeah, pretty amazing. Um, so I'm going to go with Italy because that's just where my gut is because because uh, watching them throughout the tournament, I think they've been the best and the most complete team throughout the whole tournament. So I got them two to one. Um, and then on to Copa America. So I'm very excited about this one because I, yeah, I pick Colombia and Brazil. It's one of the biggest world soccer rivalries you can find out there. You know, Yankees. Red Sox, uh, North Carolina, Duke, you know, any one of those big rivalries you can think of. This is right up there in terms of world soccer. So I picked Brazil at the beginning of the tournament. <laughs> but I'm going to go Argentina because, and I'm going to go a little bit heart here because for those who, Follow soccer, even though a little bit about soccer, I'm pretty sure everybody's heard of Lionel Messi. Mm-hmm. Arguably, between him and Cristiano Ronaldo, I mean, they're the two greatest players of this generation. The one major difference is Messi has never won a major tournament for his country. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the last chance for him to do it. He's got to come through and do it. Um, as much as Brazil is is tough at home, they've never lost the Copa America tournament when they've hosted and it's in Brazil um, under their current manager, they haven't lost a competitive uh, game to a South American team yet. Damn. And he's been coaching them for five years, <laughs> but I think streaks are, are made to be broken. If there's one person that's going to do it, it's gotta be Lionel Messi. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with a two, one score line as well on that one. And I'm just I'm just gonna trust that Messi can get it done. I'm hoping he can get it done because a, a player as great as he is has to win at least one international ter- major international tournament, I should say. So yeah. I'm gonna go with that, even though I picked Brazil at the beginning of the tournament. Um, but I, I just I, I just I gotta go with Messi, man. I'm like he, he's got to get it done once. There's I mean this is the best opportunity that you have because as good as Brazil are and is it's not the same brazil that we knew and know and love it's not the as we like to call the brazil ronaldo and the ronaldinhos of the world like it's not that same powerhouse brazil as great as neymar is it's not the same brazil so to me this is the best opportunity that he has to to win a major tournament so i'm gonna go with argentina 2-1 tomorrow night so I'm I already told my wife I'm like look tomorrow night I, uh, I do but I'm watching this game it's Sunday at three o'clock I don't know what you gotta do but I'm watching this game and are the last two so I'm I'm very very excited for this weekend soccer wise so yeah hopefully and with a, I and I think both games will be fantastic again I mean the turn both tournaments have been really really good Really exciting games, like uh, all of them. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them have come down overtime shootouts. So it's very, very exciting. So you know, I'm I'm excited. So that's my that's my picks for both tournaments. So hopefully, hopefully I'm right, but at least I got the finals right. I'm happy about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now your are picking has been pretty good. You you're, you're um picking. So technically, you're picking two upsets. Is that correct?
2: Um,
0: the Brazil being the Brazil
2: one, probably yes. Okay, I didn't look at the betting line. I would say Brazil, yes. And me picking Argentina is being the upset. Now the Italy England one, I have to. I didn't look up the what the what the scoring line is, but there's a lot of people still picking Italy. Okay, because. You said they've
1: been the most consistent too, right? They've
2: been the most consistent throughout the tournament. They've played fantastic. But (laughs) so in world soccer, England is kind of like, what's the best way I can put it? They're kind of like the Cowboys in a way. They're they're very very polarizing. And they created the sport, yet they've only won one World Cup in 1966, and that's it. That's the only major tournament they've ever won. But they've all, you know, they're always involved some way, somehow. There's always some sort of drama. They always think they're going to win. Mm-hmm. With England, we're the best. So there, there's, you know, there's a lot of that element to it. So there's a lot of people rooting for Italy for that reason alone because they don't like England. Okay. Um, so. It's, there's a lot of interesting dynamics with England. It really is. Ooh, okay. So, but again, I, I'm just going to pick Italy because they've looked the best throughout the whole tournament. And, uh, you know, they, they usually give England trouble. So they've played each other in the last, I think, four major tournaments, and Italy has won every single time. <laughs> <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> And it's always, and every time they play, it's there's always some drama. There's always some crazy ending. So I'm not, not expecting anything different. Mm-hmm. But I, I do, I, I just think Italy's going to pull it out. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm going to go Italy.
0: There it is. And Italians. Week, going, you know, you'll get a chance to break it down what you thought about the find, and get your reaction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll
2: do a recap yeah. next week. Um, do a quick recap, and then I'll I'll tie it off with a nice with a nice bow. Because again, this 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 summer of soccer has been very very good. So I'm excited. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like. Go ahead, Coach
1: K. No, I was just want to say, uh, uh, shout out to the Columbus Crew. Uh, yes, new stadium.
2: Yes, so. so their yeah, their new stadium looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna do a like a later on as the playoffs get closer, I'll do like a MLS review as well. Yeah. Um and the gold cup is about to start as well. So I won't go as in depth on that, but I'll have my prediction for that as well. And the Olympics for the women's team and the men's tournament as well. So I'll have my all my predictions lined up.
1: Yeah, right, man. It's- you got a we got a good summer of just like sports going on man international yeah um i mean domestic like it's it's going i'm i'm i am excited for the for the for the olympics yeah Yeah,
2: all this i mean all this would have happened in 2020 but of course you know right so it's it's
1: it's so weird (laughs) like 'Cause I mean all the advertising show the year twenty twenty. am just yep. like, wait a minute. I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they just they, they got it. yeah. They just left it. Mean, the, they
2: they got, just left the year to save just to keep Yeah, it.
1: they gotta they gotta keep the even numbers. Yeah. Like, whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah. After
0: yeah. you know? being deprived so much last year, it's just great to see.
2: <laughs> I know, I, I'm telling yeah. you, like this, I have been you know, cause I, as you know, I'm a big mm-hmm. soccer guy, man. I've been, oh man, and plus I've been working yeah. at home too, and I just got the TV on in my office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got, mm-hmm. I've been able to watch all the games oh, uninterrupted. How do <laughs> you get work done? Just how I like... did. Well, you know, I turned the volume down, but of course, you know, I still have my, I still have like one eye up, and then another eye on my monitor. Man,
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I, I mean, like even, even last year. I, don't know, I wasn't into the uh, I wasn't as into the NBA playoffs, but I mean, luckily we did have the the uh, the Jordan documentary. Yeah, that was <laughs> that that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Now, now we. but <laughs> <laughs> y'all y'all talked about Scottie Pippen last week, didn't you? Though?
2: No, it ain't it ain't Scottie Pippen. It's Scott Pippen. Scott Pippen. <laughs> Scott. Pippen. Nah, man. KD, I'm telling you, KD, he is a goat for that one they called him scott oh, i'm calling him scott from now on i don't care
1: old man scott, old man, scott.
2: <laughs> man yeah with his book because i don't know when his book comes out when his book come out we, yeah. Gotta, we gotta yeah man we i'm gotta, pretty sure there's gonna be once once that book comes out i'm pretty sure there's gonna be some some gems in there too so i'm pretty sure we'll have We'll definitely have a segment when that book comes
0: out. Yeah, for sure. He's going to give plenty of material. <laughs> oh,
2: absolutely. Oh, Scott Pippitt. Oh, yeah.
1: Scott Watch with Coach K. Scott
2: oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got
0: some
1: yeah.
0: some le- legacy – I would say legacy-defining moments, perhaps, with, with soccer. You know, can, can England finally get something at home, and, and can Messi finally <laughs> – Get over the hump and, and win one for for the country, you know. So th- this is a big time for sports, and and so that it's also there in the NBA. We have people, you know, transitioning to our finals analysis. But Paul, it's, it's a legacy defining moment, you know, for, <laughs> for for CP3 and for Giannis. You know, if, if he could find a way to get it done, then this is this will be big for him too, and how and how he's going to be thought of and ultimately remembered. Uh, and so for this <laughs> finals analysis, our group chat is absolutely amazing. Like, I wish we could just like post <laughs> everything in the chat just for everyone to see. Uh, but we've done a lot of analysis between, you know, I, I, several of us in, in, our, in our group here, several of the coaches, you know, Coach Wake Up and Coach Boogie and stuff like that. So, but one of the things that I've noticed from these finals is that the Bucs are missing a coach on the court and are getting outcoached on the sideline.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, and what I mean by that is that when things get tense, when things get tight, it's those leaders on the court that can help a team get out of it, where the coach really doesn't need to say anything. I think every great team needs at least one of those people. And it doesn't always have to be your best player. So I'm not going to put this and say Giannis needs to be the one that does this because not every team that has won a championship has its best player as its most vocal person. I mean, heck, Draymond was the most vocal person for, for Golden State, but not the best player. Uh, and so I, I look at it as like there has to be someone. You know, they've been bringing in these veterans, but I'm You're not – through Holiday, I'm not seeing the in-game adjustments. And some of that is coaching and Boone Hoser needs to be held accountable for that. But some of that is on the court, be like, you know what, forget this. This is what we need to be doing, okay? You know, that's the type of leadership I believe Milwaukee is missing. And just looking at the adjustments, like, you know, Boone is just not, he's just getting out-coached, like plain and simple, out-coached. I mean, you can tell by the way that they deliver the message to their teams. When Boone holds is like, hey, you just need to go out there, play, play hard, play random. That playing random is not going to get you a dub in the finals. Playing random is what we do on the streets. Playing random is what we do in the YMCA. That, yeah, that's playing random.
2: Church league,
0: church league, that's playing random. Sometimes even at AAU, that's playing random. But what Mm -hmm. we're talking about you needing to be able to come up with schemes and be able to adjust on the fly. That's not playing random. And so even though that's probably what, not what he meant, he probably has some type of point to that. you got to make that abundantly clear the type of adjustment that you want to see from your players. And if you juxtapose that to Monty Williams on the sideline, he's looking at Deandre Ayton and he's like, yo, and he, just, he doesn't yell a lot either. He's just kind of like, hey, look at me. And DeAndre lifts his head up and looks at Matthew Williams in his eye. And he says, listen, you got to play. You got to play harder better, and dominate. You've set the bar so high for yourself because that's how good you are. And because that's the expectation, you need to meet that. But there are different ways that you can meet that. So in game one, Aiden dominates the boards and he gets you a bunch of points. He doesn't need to do that every game. And Monty Williams is saying hey don't put that type of pressure on yourself. You can be physical. Change shots. You know, change the offensive player shots. Get the rebounds. Hit the outlet pass. You know, make people think twice before shooting or passing. You know, get your hands on the ball, deflection. Those are the things that are going to disrupt the flow of the Bucks. You can dominate the game in that way. And That's exactly what he did. That's exactly what DeAndre Ayton did. So I'll look at that. Uh, secondly, is a lot of people, were, you know, I saw one of the headlines today on a, a sports debate show and it said uh, how did, you know, basically talking about how the Suns overcame Giannis's 40, 42 point. And in my opinion, they didn't overcome his 42 points. They. Yeah, and Coach Matty, you know exactly where I'm going because you brought this up. In In my opinion, for someone who's not a perimeter shooter, it actually is in your favor to go ahead and let him get two-pointers because Milwaukee is actually one of the better three-point shooting teams in the league. They've been that way throughout the season, and they shot very well in the playoffs for the most part. So if I'm giving up two-pointers, I'd rather give up two-pointers than three-pointers. And because he's not a strong free throw shooter, if I foul him most of the time, and people like, oh, he's getting better at his free throws, he still only makes one out of two shots. He's still shooting about 50% from the free throw line. So if I could say instead of getting a three-pointer, I foul him and he and he only makes one, he airballed another one last night, then that's a perfect trade-off. Yeah, get your one point and we're gonna go down and get two points, get three points, you know, get, you know, get all that. This is, It's kind of what, you know, I heard Mark Jackson say through the game. He said, you can tell a comparison of the way Giannis attacks the basket, similar to the way LeBron used to attack the basket, <clears throat> right? So there was that comparison. I get that, but I think they missed a really big <clears throat> and more salient LeBron comparison. Taking back to 2008, the Magic versus the Cavs. Right, and this was when we all thought the, the Kobe and LeBron finals was going to happen, right? And Dwight Howard was basically the Orlando Magic. LeBron was basically the Cleveland Cavaliers. And what they did was they was like, LeBron, you can go ahead and eat if you want to, but we're going to shut everybody else down. Everybody else is going to have mediocre performances. So your stats are going to be big. You might even get a game or two on us, but you're not going to win the series. It's not sustainable because we're taking everybody else out the game. That's essentially what Phoenix is doing. They're not letting him do anything, but they're like, hey, if you're the one that's gonna take the shot, we're gonna make it a little bit more comfortable (laughs) for you to to kind of sucker you into taking a shot because that renders your whole team ineffective, Uh right? And and so that's what I see going on. Uh, Phoenix is, my third takeaway is Phoenix is able to dominate in different ways. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the things that I heard um, some of the sports shows is that oh I think Milwaukee's going to get back in it in game two because I mean geez you made 25 out of 26 free throws they're not going to do that again and the, the free throw uh, disparity was so big and, and in my opinion I was looking at it in terms of well Phoenix shoots pretty much 90 percent from the free throw line anyway so they're going to make the majority of their free throws mm-hmm. uh, but also you're looking at that but Jay Crowder only got one point in game one right So, if he does anything better, you can subtract some of the free throws and he's going to make up for that because he's not going to get one point again. Right. So, he comes out, he even hits like, you know, some quick shots in the first half just to establish himself. And actually, Phoenix didn't dominate the free throw line like they did in game one. And they still found a way to win because then Aiden, they're like, oh, Aiden's not going to have another game like that. Well, he didn't have to because Bridges was like, I got this one. Don't worry about it. I'll be the other person that steps in, you know, with 27 or something like that. Like, you know, so yep. he goes against that. So they can beat you in, in, in several different ways. Chris Paul doesn't need to have 30 points every game for them to win. Booker's like, don't worry about it. You can get 20. I'll get 35 and 34 and stuff like that. I'll do that. They can beat you in different ways. Milwaukee can't beat you in different. They need everyone to bring their a game to be able to beat Phoenix in a series. And then lastly, Milwaukee has been known for its pressure defense and it's, you know, they have a reputation of just being a tough defensive team and sound team. I'm seeing a lot of gaps in their defensive pressure. And some of that is you've got to give credit to Phoenix. Their ball movement movement has been incredible. I mean, Phoenix is getting wide open. Like, so you're talking about, oh, well, they shot 50%. They were 20 for 40 in game two from the the three point line. Yeah. I mean, they're going to keep doing similar performances if you keep leaving them wide open for most of their three point shots. Then, yeah, they're probably going to be able to keep that up for the most part. All they got to do is do it for two more games to win. So, those are some of the takeaways that I'm seeing from this, uh, from the NBA Finals. I'm going to throw it over (laughs) to you. I know that was a lot, but I I had to get that off my chest. Coach Natty I see you shake your head. I'm going to go ahead and go to you. You kind of brought this whole Giannis um, stats as deceiving topic to our our group chat. So go ahead and elaborate on your thoughts here.
1: Uh, (laughs)
0: The disappointment on your face.
2: (laughs) So, yeah, man. I just. Uh. All right, let, let me let me do my job, as they say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I pick the Bucks to win the series. So, um, may sound surprising because of how much I rag on them, but again, I you know we we do this show. <clears throat> I, I try to be. You know, I try to be objective and take my personal bias out of it and try to look at it like, okay. But these dudes, man, every time I give them the benefit of the doubt, they let me down. Every single okay. time they do it. Um, And and for, well, first I'll go, I'll, I'll tackle Yana. So and to your point, Coach JP3, our, our group chat is very if we could bring that, we could like post that somewhere. That would be a pretty amazing thing. But for me, I, I know the numbers look great. Um, and what I do give Giannis credit for is pretty much who he is as a player, right? I mean, he's, you know, the, the athleticism,
1: cool. the
2: the work ethic, and then him coming off the, you know, the the knee hyperextension. Because I joked last week, Coach shapey 3 I said, man, like unless if he turns himself into Wolverine and can heal himself, but maybe he's part Wolverine. I don't know. Maybe he's part mutant because it's pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing that he's able to move around the way he is, but, you know, but he's out there and he's playing. So, um, you know, I like his effort that he showed on defense. It's just, and to your point again, I mean, I, I felt watching the game, yeah, maybe I'm just seeing something different. Maybe. I don't know. But every time he gets the ball, and then once he gets past that semicircle, you can clearly see DeAndre Ayton's like, all right, let me just back off. Yeah. There's no content, There's He doesn't contest him at the rim. Mm-hmm. They don't do it. because I think they know, as I said in our, in our chat, and you've already said it, Coach JP3, I just feel like Phoenix knows when if, if Giannis is doing that every single time or when they give it to him on one side of the court and then he tries to back down and back down and back down like he has like some sort of turnaround jump shot move, which he Perfect. doesn't have, that totally disrupts Milwaukee's offense. And Chris Middleton has been trash. Yes. Drew Holiday's been trash. Yes. But at the same time, when Giannis is doing mm-hmm. that, and they're just standing around watching, and you do that for ten minutes, you know, five minutes, six minutes, seven sh- minutes straight in a game, now you give it to them, and then you want to shoot like their rhythm, they're, they're totally, their rhythm is totally off, right? Mm-hmm. So <sighs> again, with Giannis, like I, I think the numbers were great, the effort. <clears throat> I'm not, I don't want to poo-poo that, but let's just dig into these numbers even more, even more specifically. Okay. Here we go. So the man had what? He had 43 points. Oh, let me pull this up here real quick because I gotta be precise.
1: 42, 12, and 4.
2: Okay. So you have 42, 12, and 4, right? Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So and listen, the great numbers. I don't want to Dispute that, but he's one for five from three. Really? Why the hell are you shooting three point shots?
1: It's
2: <laughs> perfect here's the problem: like, I mean, he's a he's a superstar, but like, if I'm watching a game, and and <laughs> if I'm watching a game, yeah, I'm be the best player on the court. <laughs> Anybody that's guarding you and you're standing on the perimeter, I don't care who it is. If you're standing on the perimeter and you have the ball in your hands and the person that's guarding you is 10 feet away from you? Yes. That is disrespectful. Like, you are trash at the current position that you're standing in. Like, you're so bad at that. I am not going to guard you. Yeah,
0: am not going oh. to going on the perimeter. I want that- you to shoot that shot.
2: I'm watching it, and I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Like, you don't even see that in high school. Nope. Nope. I mean, that is horrible. So. Cause, and then the free throw shooting. I mean, he actually, not by his standards, it's not horrible. 11 for 18. Mm-hmm. And that's bad. Because that's what, 62%? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 62%. That's actually, yeah, 61%. But let's just, I'll give Giannis the good game, right? But let's just think about this. Let's say Giannis doesn't take those five threes. Let's say those five threes are actually two-pointers. Let's just say he hits four out of those five. Because I think that's that's plausible.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. The rate he was going. That's eight points right there.
0: 113 to 118, you yeah. know. What was the final score? Yeah, that would have been 116 to 118. Right. Yeah.
2: Let's say he hits just three more foul shots. Just 3. That's 77%. Mm-hmm. You know how many points that is?
0: Is that 119 to 118 Milwaukee.
2: That's 11 points. Game over. Yeah. That's it. I, I'm, I'm nitpicking but I'm just I've been trying to bring up a point like I mean yeah it was great but why are you shooting five threes when you're clear they're clearly not guarding you they're clearly not offering resistance to you at the basket just keep doing it like if he if he does that he hits four more layups and three more free throws they win the game that's what's crazy about it
0: yes. And you sent me something on IG. I want people to take a look at how Giannis used to shoot in his earlier years with Milwaukee, and then I want you to think about how he shoots now with Milwaukee. Somebody messed up Giannis's shot. Yeah,
2: whoever. Yeah, whoever. Yeah, I, I sent you that video. I was like, whoever is doing his private coaching should be fired because immediately. Immediately, I don't know why you changed that man's shot. Not that he was a great shooter even back then, but like his whole motion was different, it looked way more natural. Um, but that's again talking about Giannis, that's that's where my head goes when I'm watching, and and I'm and I know I'm being harsh, I'm nitpicking, but you know, people are throwing his name in that conversation, so I got I gotta go there,
0: yeah.
2: Um and and I said this in, in in the group chat, and you know I want to hear your guys' opinion, but I mean I, I'm really starting to think he's a six foot eleven version of Russell Westbrook because he's 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 supreme, obviously supremely athletic. You know, freakishly. Both of them are freakishly athletic. Both of them are going to give you ridiculous stats at the end of the, when you look at the box score at the end of the game. You're like, man, but they probably end up losing. Or, you know, in the biggest games when they really need to play, not necessarily play well, but where you really need to see that impact in terms of them actually turning their efforts into winning a game and losing a game, whether it's via intangibles or just the high level of skill set, there's something's missing there. So it's like, I, I'm starting to look at him like that.
0: It's, that's not a horrible comparison. I think uh, Giannis has the better... Supporting cast, yeah, and him being, you know, pretty much seven feet tall, it's a little bit easier for him to impose his will on the game. So with the combination of two things, he naturally tends to get a little bit further than Russell Westbrook, being you know a guard that's you know under six five, is mm-hmm. six four or something, you know, like that, and who especially in recent years, hasn't had the best supporting cast around him to help get that. He can't quite dominate and pose as well the same way as Giannis. Uh, but yeah, neither one of them are consistent shooters. Russ is definitely a better free throw shooter, so he gets the plus on that. Yeah, he
2: gets the nod there. And, yeah. and
0: Russ has the better, is the better facilitator. Like He definitely makes the people around him, though they may not be the greatest players, he definitely makes them more effective on the floor. Giannis has not mastered that because he's getting sucked into this offense that we're talking about where it's like, you're kind of killing your teammates right now. So yeah, yeah then, I think it's a good comparison because they are reliant on their athletic ability because they don't have a lot of <clears throat> skill sets. Right. And their athleticism is limited. And, or when, I mean, you saw him at the end of the game, like Giannis was exhausted. Yeah. This is game two. Yeah. <laughs> and he's exhausted. Yeah. So with that, like, you got to be able to say, how can I be effective and still not exert my full energy to the game? Because mm. he doesn't have the shot that can bail him out of like, okay, let me take a little rest take a dribble or I'll spot up shoot and everything. Let's let like, holiday dribble or something. He doesn't, we don't, he doesn't have that luxury. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then, and then I'll, one more point I'll, I'll pass over to you, coach K. Um, and, and again, I brought this up too, but you know, to your point earlier, Coach Kale, earlier, you know, previous shows, you know, I, I do think this is where coaching is a part of it because, again, I mean, I'm watching the game, and then even I'm going back, you know, preparing for the show, I'm trying to like figure out like why, you know, that something's just off here, like it just doesn't make any sense. Because to your point, you know, they won the free throw margin, mm-hmm. they out rebounded Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And their bench outscored Phoenix as well. So usually, you know, those indicators when you're looking at the box score after you watch the game, you know, you would think Milwaukee should have won the game, but they didn't. And to your point, again, I th- there's a missing leadership factor. I know people have probably seen the video a hundred times now with, you know, when Giannis he was trying to get his team ready and, you know, he was pounding on the chair and yelling yeah. at his team to get him pumped yeah. up. But you look at the team, and they're just kind of like – they're just looking at it with this, like, this dumb look on their face, like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. You just airballed a free throw? <laughs> but as, in my, not, if I was his teammate, I'm like, he'll sit down. Like, the, like first of all, if you airball a free throw one more time, you know i mean? <laughs> I've seen it before, Back-to-back yeah. back amb- <laughs> But I do think, to, to your point, like, yeah, does it have to be honest? No, but – to me, there's something missing. I think they like him, but usually when somebody is quote-unquote going off like that, the rest of the team usually feeds off that energy. They don't seem to do that. Um, And then this is where I got to go to coaching. And I I do think, you know, Coach Bud, it's like, dude, they were up 29-26 in the first quarter. That's the first quarter. That's not the whole game, but They came out, like, with some energy. They came out, was playing some good defense, getting some hustle plays, hit some shots. Giannis only took two shots in that first quarter. I'm not saying that he shouldn't shoot. I'm just saying if we have watched, – you've seen the Milwaukee Bucks over the past three years. I'm just using the past three years just because last two years they were the number one seed. So Mm -hmm. since they've been in their elite window, I should say. Giannis is going to get hits. Yeah, you don't have to worry about like you don't have to go to this isolation ball dominant Giannis offense to try to get him going. He's 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 fine. He's gonna get his numbers when Milwaukee is at their best. Everybody's touching the ball and they're moving the ball around. Not this. Oh Giannis. Oh, let's just give it to him on one side of the court and everybody's standing around. I'm like, he's not that. You're not gonna win that way. But coach, but there, there's no timeouts. Nope, he's just saying, Come on, guys, you got to play better. Like, is that what mean? that's all you got to say? Like, you're, you're getting paid millions of dollars to tell me we got to play better. Like, what <laughs> <laughs> and, and again? It's not necessarily like sometimes you just have an off night, you're just missing shots, oh. but it was more than that last night. You can just clearly see there's just something off with the whole dynamic of this team. And it's, it's even though I very much just like Milwaukee, I don't like Giannis, but again, just trying to look at it objectively, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It so does. that's, that's kind of my analysis on it. Um, so far, I mean, Phoenix, obviously I'm talking too much about I me. Mean, Phoenix has been fantastic. Devin Booker, with his white suit and his uh a boy Was that the Chevy? Was that the Chevy Impala? Oh, that was like a 72 Impala he was driving. Oh the Yeah, one. yeah that, that joint was yeah, that Oh no, no, no. I think was that a Cadillac? The Elder? I don't know which one it was, but I can't even keep up with his cars anymore. Cause that that boy's smooth right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just I, I'm just expecting to see a little higher level, a little more IQ, a little bit more professionalism on <clears> the <throat> Because, I mean, I'm just like, come on, man. Like, this is ridiculous. And no problem win game three. We'll go, I guess we'll go into that a little bit, but it, it's just ridiculous, man. Like, I'm not staying up late on a school night to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Oh. But, man, I'm late, I need to see some. I need to see some skills. You know what I'm saying? That's what yeah. I want. Yes, and
0: uh, okay, I'm gonna go, let you go ahead, Coach K, and then I'm gonna chime in at the end. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we what, 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 what you mm-hmm. man. You've been I'm laughing. Sure. I don't know <laughs> if straight I, Man, I can't. I can
1: <laughs> I can't keep my composure, man. Talking about Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm baby. sorry, that's so unprofessional, man, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, let me try to get serious for a minute. <laughs> so <putting> this <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. oh, man. I, I brought some, bought some new cleaning spray for my glasses.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wanted to make sure what I saw was the truth when I was watching the Washington game too, man. Oh man! Well, it's just like I can't. I can't take this. I can't take this series seriously. (laughs) 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 Shooting sixty two percent from the free throw line, going one for five. (laughs) One shot, he completely hit hit the backboard. Yeah, I'm like, dude. Man, but in all seriousness, look, I'm I'm not I'm not impressed by the numbers. Like I, quite frankly, I don't get the, I don't care about the numbers because we all know what Giannis is going to do. We all know what he's been doing this for the past what three or four years. So yeah, of course he of course he's going to do that. I like so so he's just you know the fact that he went forty two, what forty two and ten, and like he's one of the only four players to lose the game. I. I can see that happening, and that's an unfortunate – that's an unfortunate stat that he's going to have to live with for the rest of his life. Um, it, you call it – you can call it a <laughs> – you can call it harsh if you want to, but I, I i i i blame it on poor coaching. You know, like we kind of said it before, um, teammates just standing around watching him score points, and he's trying to yell at, yell at him on the bench. <laughs> Giannis Giannis's play is not the type of play that inspires his teammates um and I it was kind of funny because I I don't know sometimes I listen to Undisputed and I'd never rarely agree with Skip Bayless because that's what he was saying and I was like yeah Giannis is out here getting all these points and they're still down. Like, <laughs> like nothing he's doing is cutting into the lead is not getting his teammates involved or anything. So, I mean, it, his performance is is, 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 is at par at best, you, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's an average stat for Giannis to go out there and get those, get those points. So I'm <laughs> It's, I don't know. Like I have, I have nothing to, I have nothing to, uh, I have nothing to really add to the conversation that hasn't already been said. Other than the fact that you know he's not a leader. Uh, I think, I think what they should do is, uh, Gian- <laughs> Giannis should go get his points during garbage time. Like if they have a comfortable lead, they need to get Chris Middleton and like Drew Holiday going. So I would say get in the critical, crucial moments of the game. Give the ball to Middleton because you know you saw what he did when he was playing against the Hawks. That's a different Chris Middleton that I haven't seen before. I didn't know he was capable of that. So I mean, get him going. Uh, Crucial. I mean, so like, bro, if if Giannis has more than twenty eight points. That's that's all I want from you. Don't don't get no more than 30 in, unless we absolutely need you to. You know what I'm saying? Because it's 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 stifling to his teammates. He he's he's a virus to his teammates. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say a disease. But I think that's a little cutthroat, but he's he's infectious in the wrong way. So, that, and you know, that's that's definitely a part of coaching, too. Uh, no adjustments um and i one thing too is uh the pick and roll um where <laughs>
0: they are getting a b c destroyed man every time
1: beautiful it's I, and i think you know it's it's i think i think i think phoenix is playing at a um in a way where they know, like, this this is their shot because they might not get back to the stage again. And the Bucks, this will probably probably be the only time they get to the finals.
0: It might you could be right. You're probably right about yeah. it. I mean, they've been affected yeah. just like, you know,
1: the, the- – <clears throat> <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, Giannis does not have a basketball mindset. Like, I agree, totally agree with what you're saying. He, he's a he's a, a Russell Westbrook <laughs> that does not make any of his teammates better. You get the crazy stats, uh, crazy athletic ability, but, you know, at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, because you know, I, I do think there – yeah, because that's where I do think there may be a slight difference because I think, you know, yeah. Russ – probably galvanizes his team a little bit better. They feed off him a little bit more than with yeah. be Giannis. Because to your point, like, and again, you know, I already said this, but I mean, <laughs> he's doing all this stuff, dunking, and it's like, they're not even aspired, like, on the defensive end. Like, they, You know what I'm saying? Like, usually, all right, yeah, let's get the ball back so we can give it to Giannis, or, you know what I'm saying? I mean, nothing. Because mm-hmm. even, I, and I'm, I was looking at the score, too, because Tuesday night, game one, Suns 118-105. Last night, 118-108. <clears throat> and if you really look at it, the Bucks what they average yep. throughout the season, they average 110 points a game. So they're not really that far off what they normally score. It's the defense. Yep. And to your point, What Giannis is doing is not necessarily feeding their energy on defense. And then two, partially, like, who knows her, man? Like, how many times they going to do the pick and roll (laughs) and have Devin Booker and Chris Paul on Brooke Lopez for you to figure out either one, take him out the game, (laughs) or play a different defense? (laughs) Like, how many times are they going to end up in this situation? Because Devin Booker and Chris Paul are just like, oh, he's on me again. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's why I mean, as, as much as I give credit to Phoenix, I mean they're just, I mean, they're,
0: they're doing what they're supposed to do with mean. their toys
2: right now. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, a couple of, of details that I thought of. Another separation is you talking about Westbrook and Giannis, and I mentioned that. Giannis has a better surrounding crew, tends to lead to more success, but also he's benefited from being in the Eastern Conference. And Westbrook has had to go through the Western Conference for yeah. most of his career until until this go around with Washington. So I think he's he's had a tougher role when he gets to the playoffs than Giannis has. Um, you know, I brought up that series, that 2008 series with LeBron, but there was yeah, I mentioned that Orlando beat them. But it was Dwight Howard and, you know, yeah, Hidu Turkoglu, for Austin, uh, Mikhail Petras. And you're like, these guys? These guys beat LeBron? Well, they decided to actually play the antithesis of each other. While LeBron was getting the baskets and the supporting cast was getting virtually nothing, Dwight Howard said, oh, okay. Well, you can feed the offense through me. And when you collapse on me, I'm kicking it to the wide open man. So Mikael Petras, reigning threes. Turku, mm-hmm. reigning threes. You know, so like, it, yeah, wide open. They were wide open because they didn't have an answer for Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. And so Giannis needs to take that from that playbook and be like, okay. And he's a big. See, that's something that Westbrook can't do because he can't impose his will like that. But Giannis being pretty much seven feet can say, all right, I'm 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 in the I'm on the block I'm in the circle. Will it collapse on me? I'm kicking it out. If any of you come, you know, I'm going to make you respect that and get my teammates involved. But instead, he's like, okay, I'm just going to do it myself then. And, and, and so I, I think there's something to learn out of that series um, that he needs to be going the Dwight Howard route in 2008 and not the LeBron James route in 2008. But yeah, this is uh, <clears throat> what you said, Coach Nadi T, about. Their offensive production, yeah, it has been right on par for the regular season. Their defensive numbers, I mean, they're giving up, what, 118 points per game both in this games. <laughs> Yeah, in both games. And it was closer to 100, I think, in the regular season. Yep. So they're way off of their defensive prowess here. Uh, so you can't be studying what you do on offense and give up so many more points on defense. You're going to lose every game that way. Uh, You mentioned Brooke Lopez. Yeah, he got eight points and nine rebounds in the last game. So he wasn't doing that much for you anyway. And it's hard for him to be that effective if he's on the three-point line on defense. (laughs) It's hard for him to dominate the boards if he's 20 feet away from the basket, right? So like that, they're basically neutralized, Uh, and Aiden is getting all the rebounds. That's That's one reason why he keeps getting all the rebounds.
1: Simple, simple, bad points. Man,
2: <laughs> I mean, it's it's man, it's
0: it's, it's simple,
1: you know, simple basketball.
2: Simple stuff, like I, I mind blowing watching it. It really is.
1: I, I'm, i just like, man. I think, <laughs> I think, Budenhoser and Giannis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> need to need to take some uh need to take some summer basketball courses at a state university or something.
2: State <laughs> state
1: university.
2: <laughs> either that or Milwaukee like or I'm gonna throw this out here or either that or Milwaukee needs to just go ahead and trade, you know, put Millet in, put um to a holiday, uh what's his name? The dude that looked like that you said looked like he was on coach Carter. <laughs> um Bobby Portis. Oh, Bobby Portis, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I say, he's in there not doing his homework, talking about I want to play. Um <laughs> throw Brooke Lopez in there, draft picks. Just go get Dave Lillard, man. Put him with Giannis.
0: Yeah, he needs somebody like that. That that's
2: what that's what they that's what they should do. But I mean they're not gonna do it because they're in Milwaukee. So mm-hmm. they're gonna be they're not gonna be aggressive like that. But I mean, but which... something, but you know, overall. Again, like, just watching them, something's off. I don't – and like you said, Giannis doesn't necessarily have to be that guy. I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to be the raw, raw guy, but, you know, something's off. So the, the chemistry's off. The flow is off. I, I don't know if they – I know they like Giannis, but I just don't think they, they're inspired by Giannis. Yes. You yeah. know? And, and the same thing with the coach. I think he's – I think they like the coach, but he's just not, like – He's just kind of falling on deaf ears. Like he's just very cliche, not yeah. really going to say anything that's going to get them riled up, not going to change anything up. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess yeah. if we hit our shots, we'll win today. If we don't, and we don't. I, look, man. I for me,
1: like, I feel I feel most inspired when I feel like I'm a part of the team. Not 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 watching not watching Giannis go. What eleven for eighteen
2: from the free throw line? Yep, one for five from three. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I yeah. mean, one thing that Milwaukee doesn't have are momentum stoppers. Yeah. Because you think about, it, they've never been in control at any point in this series, at least through the first two games, right? So there's that. But you look on Phoenix side because Milwaukee is a tough team and they'll keep fighting. They're not going to give up. You know, yeah. so. They're they're gonna keep trying throughout the game, and every once in a while they'll get on a little run. It happened in the third quarter in game two. They got a little run there, and it's like, oh, okay, we got it down to eight, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. Chris Paul was like, "Oh yeah, enough of that," and he'll go in, bucket, you know, get into a bucket. It doesn't need to be a three point. I just need to get buckets. I just need to keep putting points on the board. Mm-hmm. And because they're gonna they're gonna start to average out on offense, and that run is gonna come to an end. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're gonna keep steady points going on. Yeah. Devin Booker did it again. Like he, he did it every time they got close. Booker hit a three, just killed the momentum. Now, you know, you went from down, you know, seven to down 10 again, right? Now, if you don't get that basket, it, and Chris Paul comes back, medium range day. Now you're down 12. Like so it's constantly digging out because you can't really stop the momentum. You can't put a halt to the momentum. You have to keep continuously play keep up and hoping that they're going to start missing shots. And that's not a formula to, to win a game, win a series. You can win a game like that, but you can't win a series like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's y'all, what's y'all's um as it stands now, what y'all y'all got a sweep or
1: <laughs>
2: Man, I'm, I'm a, I
1: am to do not know. I'm gonna go ahead and call it a sweep. Mm. I think I think Milwaukee's done. Because, I I mean, they don't don't really make any changes. And I don't see them taking Giannis out of the lineup. The only thing that could happen is I know he was – he seemed like he was a little – he was kind of, like, in pain a little bit. So, maybe they play him less and maybe Middleton gets a chance to – Middleton, how they get a chance to maybe to do some stuff. But I don't know, man. I I just think the way that Giannis is, like – I really wish that he would have stayed and just not played game one and just seeing how, how it went without Giannis in the lineup. And then, you know, cause I mean, they, they arguably played a lot better uh, against Atlanta without him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, cause it's tough. Cause you know that, I mean, obviously, you know, there were, there was no Trey there. So in Atlanta is not on the level of Phoenix, but still like, that's what I kind of keep going back to because it's, I mean, the way they played just in terms of the offensive style and the movement and the ball movement that they had, it was just totally different. Mm-hmm. And I, I, cause Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, I mean, of course, I mean, stats isn't everything, but still, I mean, both of them nearly had like triple doubles in both games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go from that to this Like y'all did that last week. How do you how is it that dramatic of a change? Because one person comes in. You know what I'm saying?
1: Because everybody
2: has to yeah. Something's off about that. Like that's
1: just they have to fit their games around Giannis. Yeah. I mean Giannis needs to fit into the game plan, not vice versa.
0: And then when they take him out the game, like yesterday, for his couple minutes of breather that he did get because no one was in rhythm. (laughs) They, they got dusted, you know, with Giannis on the bench. So yep. then it becomes like, well, I can't keep him here for long because the league is going to continue to grow. Yeah. It, but meanwhile, it's like the rest of the players are like, okay, so what, what do we do now? Like, how, how, how do I get myself into a flow of the game? Because we've been kind of in ball-watching mode this, for, for most of the game. So, like, yeah. Even Giannis needs to be
1: like
2: No, because I think – and, and for example, because in- – and, again, that's why I, I, you know, just try to deep think a little bit deeper than just looking at the stats and just looking at the overall score. Because even for our listeners, like, for example, we've all played pickup basketball, right? It's no different than, you know, you're playing on – maybe playing on a team with friends or maybe people that you didn't know. And maybe there's, you know, there's some guy that thinks he's Michael Jordan and he's just taking on shots. And then you may win a few games in a row – win a few games in a row, and then – you, but you haven't really taken any shots. Mm-hmm. And then then the ball comes to you, you take a shot. More than likely you're going to miss it because you're going to be off because you haven't had a rhythm. You haven't got, like, a feel for the game in catching and shooting. This is kind of the same thing, like – because pretty much that whole third quarter – and, you know, yeah, let put up 20 points in the third quarter. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, guys are just standing around. And, you know, when you're standing around for eight straight minutes – And then the ball comes to you, you're like, well, shoot. Do I shoot? Do I pass? I I don't know, you know, to be fair. And again, they they have to play better. That's partially on them. Yes. And that's partially on the coach as well, because to me, like, you have to call timeout and be like, look, guys, let's get back to the ball movement that we were doing in the first quarter when we were up, Mm -hmm. because we're going to be more dangerous that way. We're going to be harder to guard that way. Right now, with Giannis playing how he's playing, they're very easy to guard. You're letting them off the hook. I mean, Aiton's not even in foul trouble no. at all. Not even they, close. They, they have two injured. Both of their backup centers are injured. Like, you, they should be attacking him and getting him out the game. Yes. But they're not. He's just saying, all right, hey, Giannis, you get down this little semicircle, go ahead. That's all you. Mm-hmm. You stand out there on the three point line. I'm gonna stand here at, at the free throw line and just watch you miss these shots. Yes, I'm gonna get the. Re- I'm gonna get your rebound. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna get your rebound. Like you're just ma- you're making it easy for him to play. And again, everybody else is standing around. CP3 can just stand there and watch. Booker's not having to fight off any screens or anything. Because that's partially the reason. Like I think in the Clippers series, because he had to work on both ends because they were moving the ball around. They were scratching and crawling on offense. The Clippers were. Now, you know, obviously <laughs> I was going to call him George Paul. Paul George. <laughs> you know, George he had his Paul. mishaps as well, but still I mean, they were making them work on both ends and that's why like their offensive numbers were a little shaky in some of those games. Milwaukee, y'all just standing around like you just you just letting them get rest on defense. I mean, I <sighs> oh huh. yeah
0: okay. we'll if you can't tell already we're just very frustrated like, <laughs> as as people who love the game yeah like, man. you're frustrated when you see the, when you see things that are fixable yeah avoidable like these things are fixable and avoidable it's not like they you know they're, they're simple just even if they don't win the series you could be like you know what they gave it everything
2: they had. Right. They tried something different. Like, they yeah. tried to give them a different look. No. They're just going out doing the same thing. <clears throat> I can't believe I'm going to agree with with uh, with Kendrick Perkins. Because he said today, he said, the Bucks are the dumbest team in NBA Finals history. And I'm like, he's right. He is. Because he's like, I don't know what they're doing. They're literally doing the same thing. But like even Kendrick Perkins makes sense on this one. Yes.
1: Direction.
2: He was right. I'm yeah. like, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like they're they're killing you on the pick and roll. All right, guys, let's keep switching. What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, poor Brook Lopez out there on an island, just looking like hey, like you know, on a surfboard or something. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like he yeah. an angle on defense, like doing this, <laughs> trying to keep his balance. Like he can't guard them out there. No, no. Uh, gosh. Well, let's let's hope that there's some
0: type of adjustments being made in Game Three. I, uh, Coach K, you called a sweep. I I originally said Suns in five. I'm gonna stick with that. I I'm gonna go ahead and, and say that Milwaukee gets one of the home games, uh, either Game Three or four. They'll get that one. But that'll be it. So. Yeah, do you, what was your pick? You said Bucks and seven. So what are you now? <laughs>
1: Look, <laughs> I at said, I don't know
0: where I,
2: am. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm he at. He looks man. so
1: disappointed.
2: Man. I don't know where I'm at, man. Maddie
1: looks so disappointed. Yeah.
2: Like I said, I try to, I just try to be objective, man, because I, I, I want the Suns to win. I'm rooting for the Suns to win, but I just try to be objective. Because again, like <clears> real quick, <throat> this is why I picked the Bucks, and I, I just want to make sure it's on record. Because I'm like, I'm just thinking, like, look, and I said this in in our in our chat. Like, if I'm Chris Middleton, I, like Chris Paul, eat him in. Like, you've been in this league, you, you're a dog, like, you, you've been here, done that. But Devin Booker, this is your first playoffs, right? He's been in the league, what, six years? Mm-hmm. He's been to two All Star games as an alternate. Mm-hmm. No, that's not necessarily a reflection on him. I mean, I think he's been overlooked. It's the Western Conference, too, as a guardian. Right, right, right. So, I mean, that's <laughs> not necessarily a reflection on him. But like Chris Middleton, he's been in the league, what, 10 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's been in what, three All-Star games? He's been to, wait, he's been in two All-Star games. Mm-hmm. been in the league since 2012 and been in two All-Star games. I mean, come on, man.
0: Brooke he's Lopez. Been the conference finals before, he's the conference before this finals.
2: Year. He's been in the playoffs. I mean, you should be able to hold your own. Drew Holiday, like, you – again, all respect to Chris Paul, but, like, you're, you're 6'3", 6'4". You've been uh, first-team all-defense, been second-team off defense in this league, been an all-star in this league. Like, Chris Paul is six feet tall and 36 years old. Like, I mean, you should be able to hold your own, right? Brooke Lopez, again, like, I, you know, he's interesting guy. But still, you've averaged 20 and 10 in this league multiple years, been an all-star. Mm-hmm. Andrew, this is his first playoffs. I mean, you should—you're a seven-footer. You should be able to use your veteran basketball IQ and craftiness to get him in foul trouble. I mean, something, right?
1: some mentality, though. That's the thing that but, the Bucks do but not again, have.
2: That, that, you're right. Like I said, I I'm I'm just being too objective, I guess, because that's how I'm thinking. I'm like, dude, like. You guys are you're all think- veterans. Like you should be able to give them a game. Like okay, if you lose, you lose. But See, this first two games, you're
1: ridiculous. You're thinking too practical. That's I guess well. I, I, that's what I'm
2: saying. I'm probably being too practical, yeah. being too object Because I'm just like, come on, man. Like okay, you may lose, but like come on, like we're veterans this in this league. I mean, we we this is y'all. We all, we all just got here. Y'all some babies, man. Like we've For been sure. here.
1: Chris Paul deserves a better final series than this. I bet he goes home disappointed.
2: He probably <laughs> does. He's like, I "Ain't even to listen.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been waiting this long, and...
2: <laughs> but you know, yeah, I know, I know. But you know, it it is what it is, man. I, like I said, I'm probably being too too practical with it in terms of my analysis because that that's just that's just where my head was. Because I'm just like, okay, like. You guys still should be able to at least hold your own. It shouldn't be just look like such a total mish- mismatch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if you and the thing is even if they played up to their standards, they still could have lost the first two games, you know, cuz it could have been closer. It could have been, you know, overtime or whatever, and you still lose both games. But like to look like this, like just totally outmatched, that's just that's ridiculous, man. On so many levels. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I Phoenix is really getting led, and I'll give Crowder some credit here by two guys that have been deep in the playoffs, been there before, because they're pretty yeah. much it. That's, it. For, that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's Chris Paul and and Jay Crowder, yeah. and you got the whole squad over there that's been together for years. That can't that can't get it together. Yeah, it just yeah yeah. Anyway, okay. We're we're we done with this. I I, <laughs> I you know, hopefully we'll see where out.
2: we are next Friday if it's a sweep or not or if it's like three one. Sweep. <clears throat> so. Like the next because it's Sunday, Wednesday, and then next Saturday. I think scheduling. Yeah. 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 So I, I guess know. we'll see but, where we are next Friday.
1: Milwaukee hey, get one, get one, please just get, get one. one. De- Devin Booker's going to get to Tokyo a day early. <laughs> <laughs> It
2: looks like it. he's amazing. probably gonna be able to be like, all right, guys, I'm fresh. I mean, I ain't had to play that. I mean, I ain't had to work that hard. They just had me crossing up Brooke Lopez out there, so Man. I'm good.
0: Man, speaking of Tokyo, that's gonna transition to <laughs> our mm. next. Uh, so you know, we we've, we've all heard the news of um, Shakira Richardson not being able to compete in the Tokyo Olympics due to a failed drug test, um, and so there's a petition out now to reinstate. Uh, her and, and uh, revisit the rules around marijuana and athletics. So this has been a huge conversation. Uh, athletes have come out in droves uh, in support of her being reinstated in the Tokyo Olympics. Coach T, this was, this was the topic you submitted. And so, you know, what do you make of this situation and what do you see happening from here on out?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's unfortunate for her. I mean, obviously the, the circumstances in which, you know, led her to, you know, smoke marijuana during that time, you know, totally understandable and I get it, but <sighs> first I got to address the the support and just the people that are like having the outrage about it. I'm like, people, it's not, <clears throat> not a race thing. It's a world governing sport rule. It's not in the United States rule. So all this signing petitions and trying to get the rule change and all that, like that, that's not, you're barking up the wrong tree here. That's the Olympic governing body rule that, that administers that. So that it wasn't the United States like, oh, because she looks different with her nails and her hair, that's kicker. That, that has nothing to do with it. Um. So I think she, I, I like the way that she's handled it because She's pretty much just said, Hey, like, yeah, I, you know, I knew what the rule was. And she kind of just took that risk because of what was going on with her mother passing. So I, you know, I, I, I totally admire the way she's handled it. And she's just like, Look, I'm going to, we have the world championships next year. I'm going to come back stronger. You know, I made a mistake. It's unfortunate. Um, but, you know, I mean, listen, man, like, the, those are the rules for a reason. And, I've never smoked marijuana. I've had teammates who smoke, and you know, they knew how to <laughs> smoke and not get caught. I'll just say that mm-hmm. they know they know how long it lasts in your system. Obviously, it's random testing, but you, there's like a window of when they test, so mm-hmm. they knew like when to kind of like smoke when they needed to smoke, and then you know when that designated time frame came up. All right. I know I can smoke on this day because by this day, it's going to be out of my system. And then here's the testing window. And then, you know, during the competition, you know, I can stay smoke free. And then I know off season, I can smoke how much and what I want to smoke. Right. Um, <sighs> the other part is, I think just the whole conversation around, um, you know, marijuana in sports. I mean, like I said, I've had teammates that, that, have, that have smoked marijuana and, you know, for them it was like a help lowering their anxiety type of thing, mm-hmm. which I get. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, <laughs> in the Olympics and with the various competitions that are going around, I don't think marijuana should be legal because let's just think about it here. You know they they have things called like the javelin, which is a spear. I don't want somebody to be high <clears throat> and trying to throw a spear. I'm just saying, like there 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 could be some dangerous things happening there. Okay, I don't want somebody high throwing a shot put. There, that that could be some pretty serious situations going on there, right? I don't want somebody high trying to use the uh, what's the, uh, like the high jump, like with the pogo stick. Yeah,
1: Yeah.
2: Like, I don't don't think you want somebody high trying to operate that. (laughs) I don't think you want somebody high trying to jump the high jump over the bar. So, you know, there's certain sports where it's like, like, yeah, I mean, I get it, but I don't think it should be legal. I don't maybe and again there's probably somebody working on this i think whoever comes up with this technology is going to be the next jeff bezos they're going to be a billionaire but you know because i think really the issue is we can't really test for you know how much actually having your system like you know how you do like a blood alcohol level like for drinking and driving like if somebody can have that for marijuana wow because that way you can probably do some tests and say, okay, only this amount of Great. marijuana in your system it doesn't get you impaired, but it's enough to function. Sure. Like I <clears think throat> something like that would be needed to make it legal. Um, but until that sort of technology comes out, I just don't. I don't think it's a good idea
0: at all. I don't. Gotcha. What do you think, Coach K?
1: Um. I mean, there's no way around it, you know. Like, like Coach 90T said, it's a um a rules a rule. So, I mean, I could say anybody can really say how they feel about the subject. And I mean, me personally, like I don't care if you do it, but you know, at the same time, you have to be aware of the consequences, you know. And I mean, that's that's the that's the whole thing, you know. Like, oh well, if you driving the car, you didn't know your friend was robbing the. Robbing the store, like, well, no, I I mean, it's rules, rule, it sucks. So, I mean, uh, I say take it as a learning experience because people, because that's the thing, because like people, and that's why I hate social media today, is just people. (laughs) you just ride the gravy train without thinking everything through all the way. Um, and you brought up very valid points, which I agree with Natty, uh, Coach Natty T. Um, you know, and granted, like, you know, there are yeah, I know it's I mean, there's probably lots of people in sports that do it that don't get caught, but mm-hmm. I feel like so like regular competition olympics olympics is like a once in a lifetime type of opportunity you know and i would i would if i if if i was an athlete that had the opportunity to go compete on a worldwide stage like that i wouldn't want to squander that opportunity i mean yeah, it's so unfortunate, but that, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So, and hopefully, she gets another opportunity to do so. Yeah. I mean, which I'm sure she will. But you know, at the same time, like, I, it's terrible what happened with her mother. I mean, you know, we all try to cope with different things in different ways. You know, um, I don't know if you need something for your nerves. I mean, there's lots of. I mean, there's yoga, there's all types of different techniques, but I, I can't really say I can identify with something that would help me cope with the death of a parent, though. I mean, that's that's devastating. But, you know, at the same time, you know, she admitted she knew what the rule was. So, I mean, what more self-incriminating evidence do you need? So, I, I think it just sucks and it's just unfortunate. I'd rather her not have gotten caught, but rules are rule. That's what I'm sticking to.
0: Yeah, I think this is, uh, and I'll keep this short, is a kind of a thing of like maybe what should be versus what is, and perhaps even. Stuff gets really dicey when you're talking about not having direct yeah. control as a country to kind of, it's not in your jurisdiction to be able to say what happens in someone else's country, which is some of the problem that we're seeing here because actually, you know, you know representatives came out the Woodworks and say, hey, we're going to write to the um, United States, uh, States Anti Doping Agency and we're going to yeah. say, hey, y'all, like, this is crazy. Like, y'all, why, why is this a thing? They actually responded to that letter and said that basically they were saying hey we get it they said hey you know this was heartbreaking that she can't run in the olympics and that the world anti-doping agency rules concerning marijuana must change and that's the governing body that needs to be able to make this decision so the fact that people were looking at the us ADA, to your point coach Natty, i think that's <coughs> the tree right it, it's it's in the right force, but it's the wrong tree, right? So like, you need to be saying, hey, who makes these rules? Because um, the USADA does not make or have a direct vote on the anti-doping rules. It's required to enforce them. Whatever they come up with, that's what the USADA is, re- is required to enforce. Uh, and most governments in the world have been very reluctant to take marijuana off the prohibited list for public health reasons. Uh, and, and so they there's a larger conversation that should happen here this is not something that I don't these governing bodies are not going to be able to agree on right now in this Olympics I think moving forward you know because the Olympics you know you have four years in between I I think maybe there's some time there to 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 say um to have a conversation here but for right now I think you know their hands are tied I, I don't. I didn't like it personally. You know, I understand people was like, you "No, know, that's that's pretty trash that, that happened because yep. um, you know because of her situation and just like, I mean, it doesn't make you play better. So it doesn't give you a competitive advantage, you know, over anyone. Uh, so it's not one of those type of of things. <clears throat> but you it, it's it's something that I think that I for her sake. Having the spotlight on her and having so many people advocate for her, I think it's going to do well for her career moving forward, which I'm very happy about. So she she lost this opportunity, uh, but she's going to have some more. So that's good. It's not over. Uh, you know, the one thing I will say is that I thought it was, you know a one month penalty was a little excessive for that. You know, I think about what do other leagues do? Uh, but then again, we're speaking of it in American context where other leagues will be like, yo, you know, a game here, you know, a couple games here, and she has to miss an entire month, which pretty much, which did qualify for continuing. Anyway. And so people are like, well, can you at least not make the ramifications so large, you know, if that's a conversation that could happen you know, to, you know, could you say, you know, you get caught once, this is it, or you have to get tested before, you know, competitive uh, races or whatever, you know, you're you're doing for, you know, for your country to make sure that you're clear to go, you know, could you do it that way? Uh, But it's going to be hard to get these international bodies to agree on that. Uh, And as unfair as as it may seem, it's unrealistic to have them overturn it right now, right here, you know, in real time. Uh, but you know, I hope some progress does happen, and and so folks can, uh, you know, do what they need to do as long as they're being responsible with it. And so, so we'll mm-hmm. see how
2: happens moving forward. Yeah, but she's she's twenty one, so I mean, she definitely has another, definitely another Olympics in her, and then the World Championships for next year, so she'll be able to run in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I I think it's like I said, it's unfortunate, but. I think I like the way she's handled it. She's kind of just taken responsibility and said, look, you know, it is what it is and she'll be better. And I think she will. Um, But yeah, it's it's, the whole thing's unfortunate, but it's a global rule, man. I mean, I I don't know what, I I just don't know. It's It's not a United States rule. It's a global rule. I mean, that's just, that's just, it, it is what it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, you know, in future years, in future, you know, uh, Olympic competitions. Yeah. If if you know, people decide, I think that's where the energy needs to be going, is is toward there and saying, hey, we're going to build some momentum up, and when this is all said and done, let's have the influencers, you know, the athletes and the government officials, uh, you know, sit down and see if they can come to some type of, mm-hmm. even if it's just a compromise, where it's a little bit easier, you know, for people to do things.
2: We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah so you have that drama and then ESPN is having a lot <laughs> of drama uh, and and it's been kind of pent up for 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 a while yeah I think even you know you talk about you know ESPN and, and people being disgruntled you know Paul Pierce alluded to some of this few you know his but for those who don't know going on I'll make a long story short here basically um Rachel Nichols, you know, who does a lot of the uh, NBA coverage, so she does the jump and she was doing uh, NBA countdown and sideline reporting and stuff like that. If you haven't noticed, Maria Taylor is doing a lot of that stuff now. So Nichols is still doing the jump, but Maria Taylor has been doing some sideline work and is doing the countdown show now for the NBA. Uh, And so there's a story behind that. And so what's happening is uh, Rachel Nichols is very you know, uh, frustrated with giving, you know, the keys to Maria Taylor for stuff that she's been doing for a while, that Nicholas has been doing for a while. So there was a camera that was rolling that she didn't recognize it. That was, I believe in the hotel room, you know, they, you know, they were doing things virtually and, and, you know, recording things from, um, you know, virtually. So there's a camera that was on Now this camera recorded Conversation between her and Adam Mendelson. Um, those who don't know, Adam Mendelson represents uh, LeBron James as a, as an agent. So, in this conversation, Rachel really expressed her frustration and essentially said that, "Hey, you know, ESPN is you know has had a a very crappy journey with diversity and inclusion, and because they've had a crappy journey, now they're trying to implement Maria Taylor and kind of." force her into these spaces that's taken off of my plate. And I don't care if she gets more opportunities, just not taking from my opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was her stance on it. Uh, and you know Mendelssohn went on to say that, you know, through Black Lives Matter and me too, I'm all I'm really exhausted with all of this stuff. Right. And so you know, think about who he re- you know he represents LeBron James too. So think about that in context. And Nichols chuckled in the recording. You know and, and and they continued to talk uh so with that you have that so that's one piece uh that was actually when it got fed back to espn um someone took it and dispersed it across the organization so now you have all these eyeballs that are listening to this so of course that's going to create f- friction especially between uh you know employees of color black employees um Rachel Nichols and, and everyone. So that, that kind of just kind of ruffled a lot of feathers there. On the other side, speaking specifically about Maria Taylor, uh, she was up for a new contract. So ESPN did make some cuts. So they were getting rid of some personnel. They were asking people to take some pay cuts. Uh, and she, she was making $1 million. And they said, hey, for the new contract, we'll give you five, right? So we'll give you $5 million in the midst of them. Doing some cutbacks, they were still able, to be like, you know, hey, we'll give you five. Well, Stephen A. Smith just got his contract and he's getting eight million. And Maria Taylor was like, no, I want Stephen A. type of money. Uh, and ESPN was not in a position, you know, they were like, no, we're not, we can't do that for you. Uh, so it looks like that offer is off the table. Uh, that five million. It is rumored that another network is going to be able to give her a little bit closer to what she wanted, and so we'll see if she stays at ESPN. So there's multiple layers to this story. I'm quickly just going to go through my thoughts of this, um, and then you all can take it away from there. Try to keep this brief. Uh, Ultimately, I blame ESPN. Uh, They do what so many organizations do that irks me to my inner core. (laughs) And that is they take these movements and this quote-unquote what they wanna call organizational progression. And what they do is they play hunger games with their employees. And they say, I'm going to kind of pin you two against each other. So I'm gonna take one of the women that has done an excellent job and Rachel Nichols and done all that. And I'm gonna take it up, uh, you know, a rising star has also done an excellent job and I'm gonna have her take some of your work away. So now of course the employee that's been doing it and doing it well is kind of like, Whoa, like, why are they taking away from my stuff? So ESPN kind of pinned them two against each other, right? And then not to mention, if you, I don't know if, you know if you noticed during the game last night, Malika Andrews is doing the sideline reporting. So they are like, okay, you know, Rachel's out of this. We're going to bring Malika in. So they're bringing another person into it. And it's like, stop pinning these people against each other. That there's enough opportunities, especially on a major network for everybody to eat. But yet you're forcing people to eat off of each other's plates. And so people are gonna be frustrated because of that. So I blame, ultimately I blame ESPN. Um, Rachel, when it comes to Rachel, I think her part in this is that she has to be clearer on her stance specifically when it comes to these social movements, because with her chuckling after what Adam Mendelsohn said, a lot of people said, oh, she's agreeing with what Adam is saying, right? So now (coughs) you're talking about a black woman who is, taking some of your roles within the company. And then when that statement comes out about Black Lives Matter and Me Too, you chuckle. Now it comes off as something different. I don't know her personally, so I'm not putting it, I'm not projecting this on her. But what it comes, the optics of this situation is a sense of what we call white feminism. And white Mm -hmm. feminism is kind of these things that like, yeah, the progression of women is cool. when it comes to white women is like, it's kind of like a hierarchy of what you prefer. Like, yeah, white women advancement is cool. Then you get women of color involved and it's just kind of like, I, I don't want them taken away from me. I want to, you know, we, we built this, this is what we do. You know, why, why do they have to have this, you know? And, and so it, it also turns a blind eye to a, a term called intersectionality. So for those that don't know what that means, intersectionality is like, think of it as Rachel Nichols is a woman, Maria Taylor is a woman, but Maria Taylor is a woman of color. So her being a woman and a woman of color and being black, there's intersectionality of identities. So there's things that her and Rachel Nichols are going to experience that are, can be similar because they're both women, but there's going to be an extra layer added on to Maria's experience because she's black. So in that, with her kind of laughing that off and not immediately coming out and saying, yo, like this is not, you know, cause sometimes we laugh because we're nervous. We laugh because we're frustrated and we're too busy thinking about our own kind of lanes to really give credence to what is actually being said. She needs to be because now it be, it's becoming a tension between her and employees of color right at ESPN. And this was highlighted by CNN columnist uh, Rafia Zakaria who wrote a great article um, about intersection and how this feminism thing has progressed throughout time and how it's been separate for a very long time when it comes to white feminists and um, you know, feminists of color and how they've kind of had to operate separately through the movement of feminism. Uh, on Maria's side of things, the one thing that I I was kind of like, I don't know about this, Maria, is that when you're talking about making Stephen A money, are you doing Stephen A things, though, to get that? You know, it, you know he's been part of the company much longer. Their bread and butter is first take. He spearheads that show. So people are watching first take to watch him. He also has Stephen A's World, so he has his own show where he's doing his own commentary, and he does the sideline stuff. He does the analyst stuff. He's at the games. You know, he's doing all those things as well. Radio. Regular, yeah, yes. So it's not quite the same capacity to what Maria is doing. Maria is doing an excellent job. You know, she does football and you know she does college football and and pro basketball, but it's not the same capacity. So it's not one of those things where a man is getting paid more than a woman for the same job. Cause it's not quite the same. So for you to get five times your salary, $5 million, and have some growing opportunities too, I would have said, okay, I'm going to take that five million. I'm going to continue to grow my opportunities. And next time I'm going to go after that 8 million because then I maybe have some other tools in my tool belt to be able to, to argue my case for 8 million. Uh, and this is at the same time where they decide to, re, you know, to take money from other employees. Right. So this would have been a time for you like, OK, wow, they were really trying to invest in me and they're giving me much more money. So that was my only issue with, with, with what she did. And this dude, Adam Mendelssohn. If I'm LeBron, if I'm other people, I'm, I'm 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 like, bro, so what are we talking about here? If if you're getting exhausted with Me Too and Black Lives Matter, then you're probably not the right person to represent us in any capacity then, because that, especially LeBron as an activist, I don't think those two things are going to go together, um, and there's going to be some trust lost there. So that's going to be interesting to see what that relationship looks like moving forward. So that's just kind of my take on the ESPN drama. Uh, Coach Natty, what were some of your takeaways of what's going on here?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to add. Um, I was looking it up while you're talking because it looks like as far as the other offers that uh, Maria is getting or potentially getting, it's uh for NBC to cover NFL and college football mm-hmm. and from Amazon. Now that they got that NFL TV deal, they're yeah. looking to they looks like she's getting an offer from them as well. So um yeah, I mean I don't really have much to add to what you said. I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, I mean I I really blame ESPN. And to kind of go, <laughs> I know, you know, we, we try to keep it sports related, but, you know, to kind of go a step further, I mean, I think ESPN is in a position where a lot of companies are right now mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, the whole diversity, inclusion, and finding talent and, you know, bumping people up and, you know, wanting to have more diversity and leadership positions and all those sorts of things. You know, this is this is kind of what what's happening right now. And, you know, it is interesting to see. Well, not interesting to see, I should say, but, you know, it, it, it has been pretty. <laughs> um, what's the word I'm looking for? Pretty intriguing to see this kind of play out in front of everybody. Yes. Um, because to Rachel Nichols' point, um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the the chuckling at the at the Adam Mendelson comment's a different story, but to her point in terms of ESPN' struggle with you know diversity, it, it is true. Uh-huh. So, not saying that Maria got the job because of that, but is it partially because of that? Yes.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I mean, that's just be real about it. Um, (laughs) They want to look better. All these companies want to support these movements because they don't. Partially, yes. Is it doing the right thing? Yes. But partially it's a business calculation. They don't want to look bad. If they see where a whole swell, ground swell movement is moving to a certain area, they're going to go along with it. Because again, not because it's the right thing to do, because it's good for business. Right. Even if they all may not feel feel at their core, they may agree or disagree with it. They do like how their bank account looks, though.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> that much. It and that's and to me, that's kind of what brings this whole thing together, because you know but my when this story first broke because when we talked about it mm-hmm. in, our, in our infamous group chat because my to your point with Maria Taylor my interesting thought was okay like she wants Stephen a money now does she have offers for someone else because mm-hmm. that's just kind of random for her to turn down five times the salary and it looks like you know it's been it came out a few days ago that she does have a few other offers, yeah. so yeah. that makes more sense to me her position. Um, yeah, it would be interesting yeah. to see because apparently her contract's out is over, even before the NBA finals are out. So if she decides to go somewhere else. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see if they have to replace her again. Just go. She just gone. She just gone. But you know, listen if she has another offer from another network, I mean, listen, you know, it, it's, it, that's just kind of, that's kind of how the ball rolls, you know, talent, you know, has to capitalize on, on their moment. And, you know, if she's able to get another offer from, you know, it looks like it's Amazon or ABC, NBC, or she takes it yeah. good for her. Um, and I think as much as, you know, we have these movements happening, I think, unfortunately at the end of the day the nba finals is still gonna happen yep somebody else is still gonna host a show and the show will go on yeah one way or the other because yes all espn are gonna do they'll probably bump malika andrews up to the coverage that's right have somebody else do the sideline reporting that's just the reality of it and you know as much as these movements and you know You being African American, we're all African Americans on this on this podcast here. Um, As much as we want things to change, I think there's still that reality that like things go on Mm -hmm. without Mm you.
0: Yeah, (laughs) they're ready to move on without. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I think though that as um (laughs) he talked about um watching Undisputed, Coach K, but, you know, they, Shannon Sharp and Chris Mills or uh, Skip Belly say it all the time. Two things can be true. Yes. And, you know, I think that's just the reality of the situation. And, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But, you know, as far as Rachel Nichols goes, I mean, I, I think you're right. She probably needs to clarify her chuckle there. But as far as what she said, I think she's just venting. Yes, I think most, in most situations like that, whether it's corporate America or whether it's TV, you know, entertainment on TV, I think most people, you know, if they're in a job and, you know, you like what they do, they're doing a good job and they kind of see that like, hey, hey, hey you guys are kind of changing things up on me here a little bit, mm-hmm. you're going to be frustrated about that. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with what she said per se, but you know, I do agree. She probably needs to clarify just from an optic standpoint. It doesn't look good. Yes. Um, but of course, you know, in today's world, you know, she's already, people have already made up their mind about what they think about her regardless. So, you know, it is what it is at that point. But, uh, but yeah, but I, like I said, I, I agree with pretty much what you said or everything you said was on point. So just, you know, wanted to add my overall corporate America thoughts yes. as we've been working in corporate America. Cause like, These situations are happening in all these big fortune 500 companies across the country. So, um, you know, these, these situations and conversations are happening as we speak. So, yeah, it's part of a larger issue. It's part of a larger issue. Yeah. It's, it's, and like I always said, when we're talking about the NFL, you know, early on in our, in our, in our show here, um, you know, a few months back, you know, sports is a dichotomy of society and, this is being played out in front of everybody, but this is what's happening. So how do we kind of get past that? How do we kind of evolve from that? Mm-hmm. How do we move forward from that? Because, yeah, these 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 conversations are happening. These situations are happening. And people feel threatened. And as much as we don't like what Dude said, there <clears> are <throat> a lot of people that are fatigued with the movements that are happening. That's a yeah. fact.
0: Yeah, And if he didn't mean that in a disrespectful way then he also needs to have some clarifying words yeah
2: yeah so you know that that's i think that's a that's a reality as well there's a lot of people that do feel that way but there is you know they're going to hold their tongue but
1: a lot of
2: people do feel that way so you know how do we kind of move forward
0: And what you got you got anything to add for us coach k yeah
1: um Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested in hearing what LeBron's thoughts are on this whole Mendelssohn situation. Um uh for me, you know, I mean if Maria Taylor can go someplace and I mean go where the money's at, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, at this point, yeah. You know, and I'm sure like if you want to come back, then you can always, uh, you can always come back. I'm sure, but at, at the end of the day, too, I think it's I think it's maybe more so just like maybe I think she's probably betting on herself. So, I mean, at the same time, you know, don't be afraid to branch out. Go, go get the money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't always have to stay safe. To <clears throat> you know, staying safe isn't always the best opportunity. So, <clears throat> um, as far as, as far as, like, Rachel Nichols' comments, I halfway agree with her, I guess, you know, but at the same time, like, you shouldn't be so comfortable that, I mean, I mean, what, she hasn't really been doing anything new, like, as of late. So, you know, at the same time, like, Don't be afraid to branch out and try other things. You know, maybe it's time for her to lead the network too. I mean, I mean, what else? What else could she really do at ESPN? That's a good point too. Yeah,
0: she may be outgrowing that company as well.
1: Yeah. mm Hmm. So yeah, definitely. I mean, but at the same time, though, like I agree with you. um, You know, Coach JP three like. I think ESPN sucks and,
0: uh
1: <laughs> they, <clears throat> there, there definitely shouldn't be this, like this, uh, putting your, putting your, uh, your employees against each other. I mean, especially just, just for like the sake of diversity reasons. I think that's, that's not like, I don't think that's, I think if anything that, that puts more, uh, Stress and pressure—the wrong type of uh, energy towards Malika Andrews. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to see it done the right way. I find, may, you know, maybe try to find. I would have tried to find someone to, to have some sort of compromise. You know, at the same time, like you know, Rachel. Rachel could move on to other things. Like if you're if you're going to give Malika Andrews that opportunity, have something else available for Rachel to move on to. Don't just you know, snatch the the rug out from under mm. which seemingly so is what's happening right now. But um, uh, aside from that, I have one other. Oh yeah, um, and I don't know. I feel like you know we've seen over the years we've seen Aaron Andrews, like Skip Bayless, like Kerry Champion move on from First Take. So do I? Do I? You know, like Stephen A's been with ESPN for so many years. I'm, I'm actually, do I find them entertaining? I <laughs> guess. Like, well, I watch First Take because of them, yeah. But I end up, I usually end up getting annoyed, turning it off. <laughs> but I don't know, like, uh, yeah. She Maria Taylor's not that, not at that level yet. But if you think you're at that level, bet on yourself. Uh, yeah. it's not like she has the opportunity too. so mm-hmm.
0: yeah. so I, all of this could really have been avoided if the network just handled the situation, you know, took responsibility for their crappy decision making with diversity over, you know, historically that led them to this point mm-hmm. where they had they felt they had to force feed certain employees into certain situations for the optical, you know for their optical benefit, like you were talking about. So it's, you know, because of that, you're going to create friction between employees that is avoidable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's avoidable when you have all those opportunities available. There's a way that you can sit down with people, have a very candid conversation where people can come out. Um, for the most part, I think it leads happy, at leads feeling heard. And if there's a little bit of compromise where not everyone got 100% of what they want, but everyone got something that mm-hmm. they're okay with, then that could have been an outcome as well. Uh, But when, you know, the the company doesn't give, doesn't communicate with its employees and just makes decisions, this is what you get. Just like, you know, it's no better than what the IHOP in Atlanta did. Mm -hmm. The dream team celebration. You know, it's like, talk to your black people making decisions, you know? You know, talk to Rachel, talk to Maria. Maria. And, and work work it out, you know? So now they're having to do major damage control that might be irreparable at this point in time, especially because it looks like Maria's prepared to leave. So,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: all your companies out there, man, y'all gotta, y'all gotta go about things the right way, you, got, you know? Because what you end up doing is damaging the efforts of equity and inclusion and people stopped around it when you are doing it this way. That's what makes people <laughs> resistant to it. <clears throat> people have done it the wrong way. Uh, you know, when there are, there are better ways to handle these these situations. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it for us on this episode. Thank you for stepping into the coach's box. We've had a lot of fun this week. Can't wait to tackle the topics next week. More finals, uh, you know, soccer final results and everything. We're going to bring all of that to you. Uh, like I said, in a few weeks, we're going to be tackling uh, the NFL as well. So, All right. That's it for us. Y'all have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Catch y'all next week. Peace.